0: Hello and welcome to episode 226 of Effect, Into the Great Dark. I'm Matthew.
1: And I'm Dave. And on today's show, we've got, uh, well, as always, we've got lots of things to talk about. Um, later on, we have a, uh, a panel with two of our favourite people, Mohammed and Millie, talking about the new Coriolis edition, The Great Dark. Um... Our thoughts and our hopes and our aspirations for the new game, and um, yeah, so that's really cool. So we'll be talking to them a bit later on about the Great Dark. Seeing that game is coming out soon, Um, we had intended to do our interview with Nils and Costa for this episode, but so many people watched it and um, it was already out there. We thought, ah, no, it would be a bit foolish just to recycle that. So we we got a couple of our friends in who know a lot about Coriolis, and we talked Coriolis. So hang around and listen to that later on.
0: Yes, so many people watched it. So many. It's over 2,000 already. That's um, very impressive.
1: Very pleased with that, yeah.
0: Given that our previous video, which was actually, I heartily recommend. (laughs) Um, So Thomas has been running uh, Verson Adventures for us. Well, not Verson Adventures. He's been running actually Call of Cthulhu um, Harlem Adventures for us from Chris Spivey's Harlem Unbound book, but using the Versen rule set. And we've been um, streaming those in a kind of casual, offhand way. But, you know, the last episode of that has had about 20 views. Um, mm-hmm. you know, people ought to watch those. They're great fun on on YouTube. Check them out. Uh, and we're having great fun playing them. I don't actually particularly care whether anybody watches them. But if you're into Versen or if you're into Harlem Unbound, then... Uh, have a look for those uh, we've got some on our channel we've got some on Arald Dunash's channel that's uh, Frank mm. who's one of our patrons yeah as well but they're great fun great fun yeah. sorry no. I've interrupted that, your flow that's quite fun. carry a right. on it's what's happening right.
1: um, now I was delighted that so many people tuned in so um, you yeah, know I, I would hope they were the tuning in to talk, you know, listen to us a little bit at least but obviously Nils and Costa were the uh, with, nah, a draw. With, a, with a big draw with a big draw with the main event um, but yes yeah, so uh, we have our little panel Talking about Coriolis, the Great Dark coming up, but before then, we've um, we do have a new patron to to thank briefly. Um, briefly, yeah. We are going to start a new um, fortnightly segment. segment of of each episode, and um, that's because, as we said last time, we are now focused all our energies on. Tales of the Old West Kickstarter later this year. And we do have a little bit of more news, so we'll talk a little bit about that um, before the world of gaming. And we've got a few things to talk about there as well. So that's our show for today. Um, Yeah, listen in and enjoy.
0: Yeah, and um, let's kick off with the first item there. And that is saying thank you to our new, and it has to be said, ex-patron, Joachim. (laughs) Joachim Boucher or Bouch Bouchert. uh, Sorry, you know how we like to mangle uh, names that are not (coughs) in our native tongue. Um, You joined for just one day or even less than a day, Uh, but you did join. And so thank you very much. You joined at our stationary level as well. Um, So you may even have uh, downloaded a copy of our Tales from the Old West um, rough uh, version what do we call it alpha version six or something like that um, yeah
1: something like that i think we're on at the moment uh
0: so uh you may have done that and, th- and then decided well i've got what i want and uh, and uh cancelled your subscription but for the brief time that we knew you even though we didn't know you you didn't join us in the friendliest place on the internet uh which is of course our discord it's been a pleasure to have you as a patron thank you very <laughs> much for your support
1: yes indeed um but yeah, interestingly, if, if Joachim did join us um, out of interest for Tales of the Old West and wanted to see what we've got, um, well, we've got quite a bit more news we can, uh, we can tell. So we had a, a board meeting um, earlier this week, which was... You mean very... we went
0: to the pub, Dave?
1: It's still a board meeting. Okay, we're the only it two is. people I mean... on the board. But it's still a board given meeting. that we are
0: the only two people on the board, yes, it's a board beach and and it may actually be an official board shortly. more more none.
1: indeed, indeed. but so we, we we talked through the Kickstarter having decided we were definitely going to do it, and we now have a, a rough uh, target plan. So our intention is for what, what I've been calling a soft launch at UK Games Expo. Obviously, we're going to be there working with Free League, running their stall. But in the margins of that, we are going to be promoting uh, Tales of the Old West and trying to get the message out a little bit. With the intention, if we can get all our ducks in a row, of running a Kickstarter sometime shortly after Gen Con. So in August or September, will be our target for the, for the campaign to go live. So um, keep your eyes open, listen in. We're going to have a little... Update every every session now every every episode, so keep you all um, uh, informed of what's going on. But that is the big news. We are targeting a campaign in mid August or early September. That's our
0: target. So don't be surprised if it actually gets into uh, October. But that's our plan is mid August or September.
1: Well, at the moment we've got there's no good reason. I say there's no good reason. We're not aware of any good reason why that should slip because I think everything is doable. But there are a yeah. couple of things in the program, you know, in the project plan that we haven't nailed down. So that those things might cause the dates to change a little bit. But that's yeah, and our I target. think target. It's,
0: it's also worth saying that up until now, this has been an exclusive for our uh, silver level patrons, our stationary and privileged patrons. Uh, but we hope that um, before UK Games Expo, we might even get a quick start up on drive through RPG, uh, which you can download and sample the rules for free with an adventure.
1: Indeed, that is in fact the intention. So, I mean, our, our soft launch at UK Games Expo doesn't really go terribly well unless we haven't got the quick start with us. Exactly. Uh, yes. The the quick draw, as we're calling it, the quick draw rules uh, to stay mm-hmm. with the theme, which I'm working on at the moment. The draw first even draft, even as we speak. Almost even as we speak, the, the the first draft is pretty much done, with the exception of the new scenario I'm going to write, that will um, that will try and you know showcase some of the some of the you know the best bits of the rules that we think to give people a really good experience for a what will be a short introductory st- story, um, set in New Mexico, uh, set in eighteen seventy three, um, and it'll involve. Um, it'll involve some some sort of big corporate if that's the right word to use for the level it's going to be some, some people with company backing coming and trying to make life difficult for the player characters so um, hopefully Excellent. that'll be fun
0: that is the cool. bad guy in our Old West game isn't it?
1: it is, oh certainly one of them but yeah that is one of the bad, <laughs> definitely one of the bad guys
0: And um, we are uh, we have a new artist on board as well, who's done a couple of lovely roughs for us, um, and we'll be um, uh, looking forward to seeing those. And in finished mode, and if they're in finished mode as well, we'll get a uh, hard at work creating new uh, illustrations for the quick start as well,
1: quick shot, indeed, quick fire, quick draw, quick draw, quick draw. draw, draw. Blimey, um, and yes, we've also sort of got artwork. The um, so the map artwork is coming along really well, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, things are beginning to fall into place. So yeah,
0: no, no, they're not falling into place. They're being carefully arranged in place by our careful <laughs> planning over the last six, seven years. Anyway, yes, how many this years is our- have we been doing this? Actually, it's not um, seven years. Actually,
1: it's not seven. But it's going to be five, probably. I think 2019, yeah. I've got some stuff. I think, yeah, so maybe yeah. five years in development. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be perfectly honed. And I think, actually, it's really quite interesting, because that, that, that journey of that five years of coming up with the original the game, I mean, the original game we'd intend we'd kind of come up with, the the game we've got now is nothing like it. It was almost nothing like I it. I think that's fair to say, um, isn't it? Because... Because it's evolved, we realised that the, the the template we were using didn't really work for what we were trying to achieve, and so we've moved away that from that. That was Forbidden Lands, which was Forbidden Lands, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think we've come up with a really good game, and uh, you know, everyone who plays it seems to love it. Uh, so I'm hoping that that feeling will be yeah, you know, kind of you know, spread and be mutual amongst anybody and everybody who's interested. So um, so yeah. Right, Should we yeah. move on to the I, world? And I guess
0: we should also add, now the secret's out as well, uh, our privileged patrons have just got a bit of swag that is looking yes. at our our future branding for Tales of the Old West as well. So uh, yeah, uh, I hope they appreciate that. And our international patrons, it's in the post. I don't think Indeed. anybody's got it yet uh, internationally, but it is on its way to you. Um, so... Uh, so, thank you for your support, all our patrons, but particularly Indeed. our privileged patrons. Right,
1: right, shall we move on to the word gaming? Let's do that then. So, what do we have here? So, one, I, was, I wasn't sure if you were going to jump in there or not, which you normally do. But, um, <laughs>
0: no, I didn't. I was, I <laughs> you kind of fun. left me hanging. There was
1: any way, you're giving <laughs> you the pause for you to jump in, because you always jump in. <laughs> Even when I'm talking, uh, you tend to jump in. Um, well, yeah. let me talk over you then, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I, you Go see, on. you
0: have to carry on talking. I can't say anything until you're talking, because I have to interrupt you. That's just the rules. <laughs> uh, when okay. you leave your space, I'll leave you hanging. Um, so I was ex- I was kind of excited. Um, uh, kind- Star Trek Adventures, second edition, Modifius mm. have just announced. Um And I was kind of excited and slightly weirded out by this. But it's interesting that they say on their announcement that it's been seven years since they announced Star Trek Adventures, the first edition. And I thought, oh, well, that is actually almost exactly the same as the difference between Coriolis and Coriolis the Great Dark, about which we'll be talking later in this programme. Maybe it is time for a second edition. And certain things I feel... Uh, it's absolutely right for a second edition because although I'm not playing Star Trek adventures if I was going to play a game now it would be not in original series era but in strange new worlds era mm. which i am absolutely loving and I've been slightly disappointed of course that Star Trek adventures hasn't ha- hasn't got anything from strange new new worlds you know the, the illustrations don't feature the beautiful strange new world version version of the enterprise or the slightly different and frankly better uniforms and um and and this right on the front cover or right on the uh, announcement picture at least front and center is a strange new world's uniform so that's got me a bit excited for second edition
1: mm. it's in, yeah it's interesting i mean i it when i heard the the announcement i thought wow that's that's early yeah. Um, not having not having realised, I mean, seven years is seven years, obviously, but th- they've produced a lot of material and are continuing to produce a lot of material, or had been continuing to produce a lot of material for Star Trek Adventures first edition, and so you know I think there's a difference perhaps between the feeling of Star Trek Adventures and the feeling of Coriolis, as you 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 brought that up, yeah. um, because with Coriolis you had just the three big. I mean, after the original scenarios came out, when Coriolis first came out, you just had the, the three big most of the Icon books. And there seemed mm-hmm. to be a big dark between the stars, between those coming out, where you had people waiting for them. Um, but for Star Trek Adventures, it feels like the, 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 the pace of productivity has been producing stuff and releasing stuff at a very, at a very fast rate, yeah, so there's there's been a lot of stuff being produced, and it didn't feel like it was a um, a what's the word I'm looking for uh, a moribund game. Um, no, but whereas you could possibly say that Coriolis felt a bit moribund after the last Mercy of the Icons came mm-hmm. out, so it's a different feel, different vibe. So with yeah. you know the, the the Great Dark coming out, that felt right and timely. Star Trek Adventures Edition Two didn't feel so right and timely to me because it just felt that Star Trek was still such a live, active game with so much going on. Now, they've obviously decided to do that. It's going to be backwards compatible with um, first edition, which is great. That does kind of imply how much is going to change in the new version. But they are obviously including things like Strange New Worlds and Prodigy to, to expand the the realms of the universe that you can explore.
0: I'm sure there's only one change that needs to happen to the rules, Dave, which is what locking (laughs) phases.
1: Yes, they do need to lock (laughs) phases. Yes, very much. so. Uh, I
0: I, I think that's probably they've they've taken your worst. It's taken seven years, apparently for them to work it out, but I'm pretty sure that's the only real change in the rules. And also, um, Was it last uh, fortnight ago that we we talked about their announcement of the Klingon War campaign? Mm. Which, of course, is the Klingon War, as mentioned in the Voyager bit. And I'm wondering whether they're going...
1: You mean Discovery?
0: Discovery, thank you. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether they're saying, okay, well, maybe that campaign is actually in a way going to be the start of second edition Star Trek Adventures.
1: Yeah, possibly, possibly. I mean, one thing they do say in their announcement is that some of the rules have been um, overhauled a little bit. They call it they've spent some time in dry dock, um, mm. and so that they are going to be kind of refined, refreshed, and ready for your new explorations. Which is which is fine. I think you know the my experience of running Starship Combat in Star Trek Adventures as a player has been really good, but I think that's because the GM Tony had uh, sort of you know, managed, massaged the rules to make the experience more fun at the table, whereas I think the rules themselves were a bit clunky. Um, so you know, streamlining and making making the Starship Combat rules for me anyway feel more Star Trekky, like being able to lock phasers, you know, um, you know. I, I always have in. I've probably said this before but I always have the, the the snippet I have in my mind is Wrath of Khan when they're in the standoff and they're just about to lower the reliance shields and um, Kirk says to Sulu you know Soto voce lock phasers on target and he just looks down without really moving a muscle and says phasers locked I love it I just love it it just gets my, gets me tingling. And that's the kind of thing you want to be able to build on your on your bridge. That kind of moment. So um, yeah, excited to see it. Um, should be good with a bit of luck. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, it's, there is so much about Star Trek Adventures that I love. The books themselves are just great. Right? As to have on the um, have on the shelf, they look lovely. Some of the like we said before, I think some of the um, some of the the writing and the design is a bit loquacious. Uh, but yeah, I've got a number of the books on my shelf just because they make my shelf look better, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I've got the deluxe version of the book with the with the beautiful sort of relief picture of um, Enterprise D on it. Yeah, nice. Uh, which of yeah. you? Which version have you got?
1: Yeah, I've got that version as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um just get it down off the shelf. That is yeah, I mean that is a you know, that is a lovely book.
0: And of course there's some lovely bookmarks in that book as well, which I think are, <laughs> uh, Fuck. an interesting conversation
1: Fuck to off. have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is this is Matt swinging his back to tales of the old west and a comment I made on the discord of, you know, the the, the product extras like Dave uh, hates
0: bookmarks. Like That's book, what he
1: said. like book ribbons are just a bit boring. And uh, everybody else went. Oh no! I love bookmarks. I love book ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, as uh, as usual, I'm in a I'm in a majority of one. There, yeah,
0: it's okay, Dave. We'll make bookmarks maybe one of the later stretch goals. So there's every maybe. chance that we won't reach it. <laughs> anyway,
1: yeah, maybe. Um,
0: maybe. Uh, Uh, yeah moving on moving on laundry files Uh, i think we can skip over this one quite quickly i was just intrigued to see that cubicle 7 have announced laundry files second edition um i'm not massively excited by this i have tried reading one of the books before can't even remember charles stross i think is the author uh and they don't quite do it for me they're kind of comedy call of cthulhu Mm -hmm. um and i think laundry files first edition was actually a licensed call of cthulhu's product and i'm kind of interested to see now that cubicle 7 don't have their relationship with chaosium over call of cthulhu what's the rule set going to be in laundry files second edition that's kind of the only question i wanted to ask and i haven't even bothered to look around and see if i can find an answer
1: Mm. um i i know nothing about laundry files um uh, I, I well, guess we so can only, keep
0: this segment short then.
1: Yeah, we can. I guess the only—I mean, my only, my only quest my only comment, I guess, would be um, on the not on the idea of sort of comedy role playing. Um, mm. And well, we're going to come into that with our next. Well, that, that's that's me setting up the segue, mate. That's oh, segue. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I just ruined your segue for you. Um, Thank you. In in the, for me anyway, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, you know as i said again on the discord other opinions are available um for me uh, it's very difficult to to draw that kind of humor like mechanically or deliberately out of a game like that the humor that's you know the really good humor is the stuff that is spontaneous and unexpected and very much like our tales from the loop game where you mm. stumbled stumbled into a not anade news sketch that Caused me and Tony to wet ourselves, Um, which is one of the funniest moments possibly of my life, actually, but certainly in gaming. So, so I I do. Dave has had a
0: very sad life.
1: That was well, no, that was just so funny. Oh my god! Oh my god! I have to go back and listen to that again after we (laughs) finish the show because that just if I need perking up, I just listen to that, and I'm happy when I've finished. But but like, yeah, so so I, I think there's there's definitely a thing about forcing humour by saying ah, it's a humorous RPG. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just that's just my take. I mean, as I said, other opinions are available.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm thinking about the history of humorous RPGs, and uh, for me, one of the earliest ones that I got was Steve Jackson Games Tune Tune that was that playing. worked. Yeah. At work because um,
1: you, you were basically a cartoon character, so it was all going to be very daft, and that worked. Yeah, I, li- I yeah. liked that. It's not something I'd, run a cam- I'd, I'd want to play a campaign in, but for a one shot here or there, that was fun.
0: And I think I don't. I I'm not going to proclaim myself to be an expert in humorous games, but something I said on the Discord, and actually, the more I thought about it, the more I believe in it. Uh, this is, now, remind me, this is a Modifius game, isn't it, this Discworld
1: game? Discworld, yeah, is Modiphius, yep.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be using the 2D20 system.
1: I assume. Um, I haven't actually seen a press release or newsletter on it. Um, oh, I,
0: yeah, I think I've read somewhere it was going to use the 2D20, and I've definitely read some comment which is, I'm not sure that's the right system to use for Discworld.
1: Yeah, I'm not. And, I'd, yeah, I'd be very surprised if it's not 2d20. Obviously.
0: Yeah, and that you know, it made me then think. Well, what is the right system to use for a comedy game? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my cards on the table and say probably 2d20 is as good as any other system because, in a way, the system should be getting out of the rules, out, out of the way. way for, yeah,
1: absolutely. You know,
0: a, a humorous setting, but actually, it then made me think that maybe actually Dungeons and Dragons is the best system to use uh, for for Discworld in that what Discworld does is take modern things and stick them into medieval fantasy tropes effectively yeah. or arguably uh, take medieval things and, and put a modern attitude around them. And that idea of forcing modernity into, um, into medieval fantasy is kind of what people do with d d <laughs> yeah. all the time.
1: Yes, that's Um, true.
0: And so, you know, when you think that Critical Role is funny, when you watch Critical Role, it's funny kind of in the same way that Discworld is. So um, maybe actually they're missing a trick there. What they should do, just do a fifth edition version. And you've never heard me say that before, but actually I have a sneaking suspicion that fifth edition Discworld would be the perfect Discworld.
1: (laughs) And And then strong arm Critical Role into running it.
0: No, well, <laughs> well, I don't know whether Critical Role can do the British bit of the humour that well. But yeah, I I, don't think the system matters all that much, as I think is what I'm saying. And yeah. if I were going to choose a system, I think I'd definitely do it in 5e. Um, there was, yeah. there was, once upon a time, a GURPS version of it. Um, of Discworld? Yeah, and, uh, and GURPS is very if you like, simulationist. Mm. I mean, you can... It, GURPS has got all sorts of knobs and dials you can adjust to make it more realistic or less realistic. But it always, that always struck me as odd that you'd do that for Discworld. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm planting my flag in the hill that I'm going to die on that a Discworld game should actually be 5e. Are
1: you going to die on that hill? It's that important I will to
0: die on that hill.
1: <laughs> because, what... Modiphius people will take you up there and beat you to death. <laughs> uh,
0: because Modiphius fans may well beat me to death, but I think what <laughs> Modiphius ought to be doing is doing a five E version. And mm. in fact, when I say five E version, I don't mean a five E version like there's the the two D twenty version as well. I mean they just do it in five E. Mm. That's that's where that's the flag I'm gonna that's the hill I'm gonna stand on with my flag, waiting to die.
1: Shall we move on? <laughs> um, the only, I, I would just say I mean it's been a long time since I read the Discworld books and the idea of, of role-playing, you know, maybe, you know, a a mirth and mayhem style like Dragonbane, um, Mm -hmm. in Ankh-Morpork would be quite fun. I think potentially, um, uh, yeah. But you're right. You
0: don't need funny mechanics. No, you need is a system and the beautiful setting that he created. Um, and then just a sense of gaming if you like that very first book The Colour of Magic is about a D&D player taking a tour with a wizard mm, if you yeah. like you know the tourist um, yes
1: yeah yeah so maybe there's anyway. something in it and again I, and I can think maybe some of the some of the rules would need to be a bit quirky to try and bring out that Discworld feel perhaps um, no I
0: don't think so I don't think so I think the rules would be almost straight faced yeah perhaps yeah um, and and you know, it's funny though, camp. isn't it?
1: I mean, Discworld isn't isn't you know depths of the gut guffawing funny. It's witty and clever and intelligent. Yeah, um, it's much more you know Douglas Adams style than it, Yeah, I don't know. Trying to think of another comedy author who's just. I mean, Terry Pratchett guffaw. did
0: start by writing a couple of very sub Douglas Adams books, science mm. fiction books. Yeah, before he hit on Discworld.
1: So, so that's an interesting thing. So how do you draw out that wittiness and that cleverness um, to recreate the humour that you read in a in a good Discworld novel in a game?
0: And I I think that's, that comes out t- of a table, a comes out the table of players, not out yeah. of the system. That's my then, argument,
1: I think. No, I, absolutely. I agree with you totally. But then that relies upon your players being as witty as Terry Pratchett. which might be a challenge. Well,
0: I don't know. I think it relies on your players thinking they're as witty
1: as (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. And then it doesn't... Yeah, Uh, no, no, that's cool. No, that's fine. I guess a game that is encouraging a humorous take um, will generate more humor around the table if the people have got the right kind of mood and the attitude about it than a game that's a bit darker. Because we do get humor around the table. You know, we're laughing our heads off half the time Playing games yeah. that are dark and dangerous, and um, uh, you know, are, are dealing with difficult issues, but we still, you know, the game doesn't encourage the humour. It's just us as a group have fun whilst we're playing, and that brings out lots of other stuff that we find funny. Whereas a game that is then trying to generate humour that is directly relevant to the setting and to the game itself, that's a that's a a different a different kettle of fish. Yeah. And of course, you and
0: I are. Having said, we're not experts in humorous games. We have actually developed the uh, the first and, in fact, only game of Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, which is A available as an exclusive to our patrons.
1: A long, long, long time ago.
0: A long, long time ago, and I think I think I've said it before on here. So I don't want to bore our listeners, but I think actually it's quite good. And it does some things like having only two stats, which it took about twenty years for the the rest of the gaming world to. Uh, that to that get fellow, to. Uh, Rick and Deckard fellow with his honey heist game, he yeah. we was so far behind the times. <laughs> when when uh. we had ego and something else, I can't remember what my other stat was, but um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on, moving, moving on, on, moving on. Talking of Roan, Rook and Deckard. See, I can do the segue too. And that was entirely
1: <laughs> accidental. I, I saw that coming. I saw that coming.
0: <laughs> We've got Dagger in the Heart uh, has been announced by Roan, Rook and Deckard, which is a kind of campaign setting-ish thing for uh, Heart and Spire. Heart or Spire? Or heart. I think it's for spire Heart, isn't it? and Heart. Yeah.
1: No, I think, well, um, they, I think the, the the books themselves are standalone games, a bit like you know Year Zero's stuff. So Heart isn't an expansion on Spire; it's taking the right. world of Spire, which is obviously above ground, down into the Heart, which is all the stuff that's underground, underneath the Spire. Oh, so, is it
0: right? Yes, yeah. <clears> I, I haven't got I haven't got Heart. I've only got Spire, and yeah. to be honest, I haven't actually read Spire. I only bought Spire at our terrible UK Comic Con
1: okay. experience. Yeah, I got, I got uh, both...
0: Mainly out of sympathy for the other stallholders who weren't selling it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I got both at UK Games Expo probably year before last. Um, mm-hmm. And they are lovely books, and they are a pleasure to read. I haven't had the, the, the big hand of role-playing fake grab me by the throat and say, get this to the table. So I haven't played it. Um, so, Dagger in the Heart, I it's not something I'm going to get, because, again, I'm not so I'm not playing... Heart or Spire um, at the moment, but it's it's written by Gareth Bryder Hanrahan, so it's got a good um, a good pedigree behind it. Rowan Rook and Deckard produce great material um, with uh, with Grant and uh, and Maz and the others there. So I suspect it's going to be very good, um, and I know there are a lot of people out there who are huge fans of Spire and Heart, and um, mm-hmm. I suspect this is going to be wonderful news for them. But as I said, for and me... And it will be
0: a successful chaos, I'm sure.
1: I, I suspect very much so. So does that, has that started, that Kickstarter? I think it has, hasn't it? I think it started yeah, on the 27th, 27th of February, I think it started off, which was at the time of recording, about four or five days ago. Uh,
0: we will put a link in our show notes.
1: Yeah, let me have a quick to find it. look. Okay. Uh, the, the, the fabulous, wonderful uh, podcasting, joy of listening to somebody looking something up online.
0: <laughs> on his incredibly noisy keyboard.
1: Yeah. No, no, I've got. I, I'm not. I'm using my quiet keyboard, so you shouldn't be able to hear ah, that excellent. too much. Yeah. No, you. Okay, it's quieter <clears> actually. Oh uh, wow. Okay, so um, they're on BackerKit rather than Kickstarter. All right. Yeah. yeah. Funded in 43 minutes. So they had mm. a target of twenty five thousand. They've currently got just shy of ninety-four thousand, with nearly one thousand five hundred backers and twenty-eight days to go. So, yeah, a great success yeah, already okay. for uh, for Rowan, Rick, and Deckard and our friends there. So, brilliant. I mean, that's great. So, yeah, remarkable. Yeah,
0: well done them. Ta- great job. Forty-five Absolutely. minutes and and not not a small amount. Not like you know, no. freely do a a small target. Hmm, interesting. No. We can learn a lot
1: from them. Yeah, and they've blown that target already by a long yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I mean this 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 comes with you know a a track record of Spire and Heart being mm. you know well loved games and uh, highly thought of. It also comes with Gareth Hanrahan writing it, um, mm-hmm. which is again you know another another big plus in the box. So I think they've uh, they've lined this up really well, and have, have yeah, it's a great success already.
0: Okay, I know. I love your uh, Gareth Hanrahan um, segue, by the way.
1: (laughs) That's another one, you see. Here's
0: another one because we Uh, got the alpha version of Maria. Um, Maria? Moria. Moria. Moria.
1: Moria. You've always had trouble with this one. I do.
0: I don't know. I don't know why. But then Maria is entirely out.
1: (laughs) Moria. For those people who are confused, it's the one ring. It's that kind yeah. of Moria, not Maria from, mm. I don't know, Yeah, from, we have uh, got a so, problem. Uh,
0: Moria. Moria is out in alpha, alpha. version for all the yep. Kickstarter backers. And I'm, I haven't looked at it in any great depth because I'm playing a campaign of the one thing at the moment with our lovely patron, John. And I have a sneaking suspicion John is going to be taking us to Moria, maybe uh. now, as soon as next week. Um, oh, okay. So I didn't want to spoil anything for myself, uh, but uh, I think the uh, initial reports and people who have read it in more depth are good. Thomas has, um, uh, our patron Thomas, this is has put in a good, um, good paragraph of comment on the Discord.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. So I haven't There's looked at it. one
0: thing that he's a bit worried by, but I won't mention that.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, interesting. Some of the comments. I mean, I haven't looked at it yet either. Um, th- not through the fact that I'm about to play it, but through just sort of lack of time. Uh, and I think from what the comments we've we've heard so far is, uh, it feels very much. Um, I was going to say Cthulhu esque, which is probably maybe the wrong way of putting it, but you know the things you are going to face in Moria are of such an order of beastly evilness and power that it's uh, it's going to it's going to make the game a lot more about kind of sneaking through Moria, I suspect, than marching through Moria with a band behind you. Um, as as you'd expect, everyone knows Lord of the Rings. Everyone knows Durian's Bane and you know, what was Gandalf's what okay, Gandalf? Um, what was Gandalf? You say everyone was... knows
0: Durin's Bane. I'm not entirely sure I know Durin's Bane, and it has been referred to in a couple of. Remind me, what's Durin's Bane?
1: Oh, Durin's Bane is the Balrog. Oh, he's actually called Durin's Bane, yeah. is he? Yeah.
0: I just called him the Balrog, but there we go. That's all I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, the, right. the line in the film where, where Gandalf says, uh, you know, swords will not avail you here, or something like that. Run! She's <laughs> like, yeah, good stuff. Cool. So, it, run it's faster gonna,
0: than your nearest wizard. That's the trick, is
1: it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trip the wizard up and run like hell. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a read through it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's. Good. I suspect it's going to be fabulous artwork and great, you know, wonderfully produced work. Um, as you said, spoilers. I'm not. You know, there's a couple of comments that people have made, which will be interesting to see how the kind of the structure and the approach of the supplement play out um trying to you know not say too much and not say too little but um yeah exciting and actually i should um, i should download it and have a look
0: yeah it looks gorgeous i mean it's only it's very much only half done there's loads of illustrations missing and maps and stuff Mm. like that but also what there are in terms of illustrations and maps, are blooming gorgeous. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's going to be a corker, and I'm glad I ordered the deluxe version to go with my deluxe uh,
1: hardback. Cool. Uh, nice. The
0: core book. Right, I think we might be done on uh, World of Gaming. Shall we yep. crack on with our panel? I don't suppose this needs any real introduction from us because we introduce ourselves in that panel, don't we? Yeah,
1: let's just crack on with it, shall we?
0: Our players in the hammam today for this very special place in the Hamam, are uh the marvelous uh millie the gm who has uh run a rival campaign actually oh. but also a rival campaign in which i've uh i have participated in at least the the prologue of that so how how can we how can we be rivals on that uh Uh so Billy the Gym and also uh Mohammed, who is uh known to those of us who can remember when we were doing our campaign as our loyal, if somewhat put upon, crew member. And when I say put upon, I mean frequently thrown out of the ship
1: by uh only once. Once Once
0: is enough. Once is enough, that's
1: true. That is true. He didn't die, I'm pleased to say. And I have felt very bad about it ever since.
0: Uh (laughs) And we have gathered the two of you today to talk about the announcement that was, well, by the time people are listening to this, a couple of weeks ago, about the new version of Coriolis. So I guess the first thing to ask is, what were your first impressions on hearing that announcement? Millie, you go first.
2: I was (laughs) sad it wasn't a second edition, a third edition. Like I was like, oh, mm. I was I was gearing up for like a you know because of how the books and how the Mercy the Camp cons campaign goes, I was ready for a like second generation Third Horizon thing, and, and it's it's somewhere else. It's not, it's not what I thought it was, and I was a bit like, oh.
0: So you're a bit disappointed that it's not Third Horizon, so.
2: yeah? I, th- I think I think because we've kicked around so much in the Third Horizon. Mm. I'm I'm genuinely like, I don't, I don't want, I want to go back to the bar because we, we did some stupid shit over there, we need to go and sort that out, and I want to go back, mm. but now now everything for, for folks is like, oh, well, let's go off over there, but no, no, there's still,
1: Clean sheet. Yeah, yeah. Clean, but there's still, still but there's, Feels to me there's a whole universe that almost hasn't been explored at all yet. Yeah. And it also yeah. feels to me that the mercy of the icons, even though I don't know what the third part does, I know what the second part does to the setting um, uh, and the background. It feels that should have been a campaign after a campaign or two to explore the third horizon and then do what most of the icons has done with it rather than doing, doing all that stuff to the third horizon in the first campaign that came out, albeit it's a very big campaign.
2: Yeah. So, so like my initial reaction yeah. on on Coriolis The Great Dark was like, oh, like genuinely, like, mm. oh, mm. And, and I'm sure yeah. it's going to be uh, a great setting and all the stuff that they've talked about, which we'll get into sounds marvelous. But that's my backyard. Uh, 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 I the new
3: settings may be intriguing to, to check, maybe uh, check yeah. what was the um... You know uh, when the two ships went from the, uh, the the first Earth to the first and second uh, 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 horizon, we will do the same, maybe the same setting to this to explore uh, new horizon, new horizon. But as Mili said, there is a lot of on the background we have to do. It's a very open and wide, uh, wide galaxy. Suddenly, okay, we're done with it. We're going through a, a, a new horizon, but. Um, yeah and i'm pretty excited to, to to see what they had in plan they always deliver good good stories mm. so yeah i'm pretty excited to to check it maybe some answered unanswered question questions will be uh will be discovered uh, Till now we didn't finish the main, the main campaign uh, matt i'm looking at you
0: yeah yeah <laughs> it's my fault maya culpa on that one but i've been working i've been working mohammed and
3: yeah i understand i understand i'm joking. i was going to say joking. as soon as well, this job
0: finishes in may then, uh, then...
1: come on you ought to be getting on with it really <laughs> sorry as about soon you. as this
0: job now finishes in june uh i'll be ready mm. to start in july no we we, we must get back to that mm. if only we weren't just recording interviews every monday when we used to play but uh <sighs> here we are yeah. on a monday when we could be playing the third horizon but instead we're talking about the new horizon
1: so Matt, what was what was your what was your first impression? So my first impression uh,
0: was excited. Could you not tell in the interview? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I felt like I was a gushing fanboy, lapping up everything they said. Um, I'm not disappointed that we're leaving. I agree with you, Millie, that we have barely scratched the surface of the Third Horizon in yeah. the play. I know that we've done so far and if if we've ha- got that one campaign and we're working through that campaign and, yeah, things are happening in the third horizon and we've flown about all over the place, but there's still so much left to explore or to do stuff with. But I'm not worried by that because that still exists. The third horizon still exists. I have uh, some questions about the rule set, but we can come back to that in a bit. Mm. And importantly, they're licensing out the third horizon and the new horizon. To us all so yeah we can populate the third horizon and we don't even have to do it i mean we can do it we always could through the league workshop but now we can do it in you know if we want to set up a third horizon company and do a bunch of stuff in the third horizon we can
2: how, how meta sure would that, that be right off. how meta would that be because league really, <laughs> comes from first edition and is named at, and then yeah. and then from that like what what would it be like i don't know
0: the nazarene sacrifice yes of
2: course that's the most well obviously yeah how
1: metal would that be because we are gonna screw up your horizon
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) well they certainly tried to screw up themselves in that sense didn't they they certainly changed it but i think i think my whilst i was i think i kind of like like empathize with both muhammad and millie because on the one hand i was excited to hear about the new lost horizon and, and, you know, the opportunities that are coming there. But there was a bit of me that went, oh, bye-bye Third Horizon kind of thing. Um, even though, as we've all just said, that it's still there, it still exists. But for Free League, it would have been nice to have had perhaps some more Free League love for it before they moved on to the next thing. But...
0: Yeah. Um, but in a way, you have to think about as, as you said, Billy, here is a company that is formed out of being fans of the first edition who name themselves after a faction. They have wanted to do what they loved about the Third Horizon for years. And over the last seven years, they've done that thing, or eight years or more, actually, if you count the Swedish edition. Mm-hmm. And and so now they're ready to move on, I think. And even if we don't mm-hmm. feel ready to move on, um. I mean, the thing that came across to me in the interview is this is so much a labor of love for Nils and for Costa and for Martin in particular. You know, uh, Dave, you might feel, Millie, you might also feel a bit chagrined that they didn't come and ask us to help out in the the third horizon or in the new horizon. But actually, this is their baby. And I think, you know, this is their playground. And they've let us play in it for seven years. And now they're, they're not, okay, they're not giving us new stuff to think about and talk about and do the fertilizer, but instead they are giving us our playground,
1: their playground,
0: um, to do our own stuff. So mm. I don't know. Am I coming across as too much of a fanboy again? Maybe I should shut up.
1: No, I think I think it's a per- perfectly reasonable thing to say, actually. You know, there, there is a they've created a lovely playground. They've gone off to the, the new playground, but they've left this playground for us to play in. So that's. That's entirely reasonable, I think. Um yeah. But, yeah, so I mean, you know, one thing that did strike me strike me when I was thinking about about our conversation, so they've called it, you know, because it's the, the, the game is the Great Dark, but the place you're going to is the Lost Horizon. Does that mean it was found once before? Because it presumably oh. hasn't been found by humans before, if it's the portal builder's <laughs> place, but... So why is it called the Lost Horizon?
2: This is where it starts. It starts feeling like um, Stargate Universe to me when it, this sort of stuff comes up. Mm. Is any like? I know folks have made like reference to Battlestar and and that kind of stuff, but mm. like the the Stargate Universe, which I absolutely loved a bit, I thought that was a great program, was all about like mm. recharting like the course and finding what the you know the people who made the Stargates and that the lost civilizations have gone before and checking in and that kind of stuff and you take your little spaceship down to the planet and you do your stuff and you find the things that might help you find the rest and all you know Mm -hmm. you piece together this clue and then when you hear about like some of the setting things that they're talking about and you're on your your sort of home ship moving around what is it like i want to call it blight but it might not be blight or
1: no, it's is blight. Is it blight?
2: Yeah, there's a blight yeah. or something that make, made me think of like the machine cancer from things from the flood. Um,
0: yeah, mm.
2: um, and that kind of stuff. It's all part of the same world. It is, yeah, it is all part <laughs> yeah. of the same. But you know, but yeah. the, there's that kind of stuff in in those those programs, and the, there may not be like the race or you know whatever the other bad guys and things are in the various Star Trek, uh, Stargate. Things, but it's definitely got. That's where it. That's where it starts sounding like a different sort of style of sci-fi to me than um, Firefly meets uh,
1: Babylon Five. Alien,
3: Raven Knights yeah. Alien. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I didn't finish the you know, the the, the whole book. I, I didn't read because of my player. But maybe the Nadir discovered the Lost Horizon, and then they build the portal. That made the people travel to the first and second and third horizon they, they were the border uh, uh, portal
1: builder
0: uh, i'm not sure the idea with that. the portal builders but that's an idea isn't it mm. i don't know
1: this is all circular so it all did started me? there and yeah. we've all forgotten about it well, that, which would make sense why it's then the lost horizon i
3: don't know but uh, interesting uh, pronunciation uh, pronunciation from uh nicholas when they, he called the the, ship the nadir not nadir because nadir in uh, in arabic is um, someone who brings you uh, 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 uh brings you some sort of warning of something that's going to happen like harbinger or prophet okay mm. he, he just he just called it nadir with the emphasis on the, the. rather than nadir so I don't know right. if it, uh, okay uh, Other than nadir mm. because nadir well, is spotted. It, it's, well, uh, spotted. Uh, it's it's a meaning word in in arabic it's mean harpinger or uh, or a prophet i don't know if this is a coincidence of of the pronunciation but but nadir it means nothing but nadir it means mm. so uh,
0: mm. I, I, mm. that is interesting this is why this is why we've got an arabic speaker mm, on the panel mm. this is I mean, maybe that brings us on to a, a question that has been vexing some of the social media around around this some people seem to be a little, they, 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 they seem to worry that, that Free League are playing down the Middle Eastern Arabian Nights nature of uh, the Third Horizon as we've known it. I didn't get that impression from our interview. I mean, they were talking very much about how the culture of the third horizon is based on remnants of earth culture and now the culture that we'll be coming into in the lost horizon is based similarly on remnants of third horizon culture the big thing i think that they're taking away is rare but i don't think we can define the entire middle east as being defined by the idea of prayer that seems to be a bit reductionist um and it it still feels to me i mean this might also be reductionist but there are lots of images of people in in the middle east hawking and you know and having birds of prey on their wrists in in popular culture and that seems to be something i mean not necessarily birds of prey but the idea of these mysterious birds that they talked about in the interview the imagery of people holding mm. birds on their wrist or on their thing that feels to me a reflection yeah. of some of the stereotypes i've at least that i've seen of um middle eastern culture
3: um, speaking of birds the um, the campaign the the book campaign name the flower of the ghorab. uh ghorab means crow in mm. arabic right yeah. yeah. so yeah. Um,
0: so it doesn't so feel I to me it, but... that they're watering down, but I don't know. What do other people I mean, think?
1: I think they did say in the in our interview with them that the icons and that side of the you know the culture is gonna be there's less emphasis on that in the new game as there was in yeah. the Third Horizon. But what that actually means, mm-hmm. um I guess we have to get the book to find out, but
3: yeah, and speaking of Middle Eastern culture, I don't know, if, but the icons are not Probably a middle, East, what wasn't a middle eastern no, uh, culture, no. our Arabic culture. May, maybe something pre-Islamic um, Arabia. With uh, but uh, what uh, intrigued me in Coriolis was the culture said, the clothing, the food, the the, um, uh, the markets, the um, people sitting in the, the tea shops uh, talking, and the, the music. The, that was um, what pulled me to the cor- Coriolis in the first mm. thought so um, i don't know if, how they will go with with the um, with the theme going on for uh with the new settings maybe based on a generational ship, not on on a planet anymore because what i understood that it will be on a generational ship there is no planet uh, they are discovering new planets yeah the city no ship
1: planet. seems to be the 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 focus the the epicenter of yeah. of the culture there in the new one
0: well yeah so so the city the, the ship city i think they called it or ship being city, if you it? like yeah. the the center of human culture in the lost horizon and some people on the ship city wanted to call it coriolis is the impression i got in in reflection of that but also i think they kind of want to move away from the firefly nature of firefly beats arabian nights by not having the crew be so independent of a community in their little ship Mm -hmm. while they're adventuring. They've each got a home base, a great ship, not necessarily as big as the city, but still a great ship to which they return to and which has a community. And I'd like to think it has places where you can um, uh, socialise and have markets and stuff like that. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see whether that, that holds true there.
1: Um, Seems to me that the Great Ship is taking the Mutant Year Zero arc concept and placing it into into the game, which was something when Coriolis originally came out. Because at that point, I'd only played Mutant Year Zero, and then when Coriolis came out, I went "way great, got to get it." And you know, here we are, a long time later, with you know the podcast and everything else. Um, the thing that I was I was missing in that was that kind of Great Ship community place that is your epicenter for your characters now this game has got exactly that Um,
2: it definitely seems to make it harder like there is there's always like a but if I if I make a couple of portal jumps and I hide out in this system for a year will my patron know where to find me they could have been do you know what I mean like I can just I can just go on the run and everybody I care about is on my ship and and I, yes, yeah, yeah. tying them to a, a, like a base like that, even if it's a small little community ship is is like, okay, well, now you've been on the run, but your ship is like left out of the flotilla or not allowed to port mm. for repairs or you can't get any new CO2 scrubbers or nobody, you're not allowed to go to the market. You're not allowed mm. to joy, you go to that, that ship that has the hamam and the spa and the you know the open spaces you want you've got to stick because your little troop royally messed up and until you really yeah up. until you um even until you return these culprits or make make proper your whole community is punished yeah so the, there are mm. vindictive people in the third horizon like that so i assume some of them have made it up to the lost horizon.
0: so that excites me honestly mm-hmm. I think I I quite like that idea of not being It's the thing that always, you know, it's, it's really hard to talk about this, but in our youth, Dave, when we used to play traveler, it was easy to cause chaos on the planet, then hop on our ship, make a few jumps. And the law. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And while, while that was fun when we were 12, um, (laughs) it, it's ultimately slightly unsatisfying, and I, I'm more about community, and well, you know, you you said you you missed the arc from from Coriolis and the, the ship, the little five cruise ship or whatever that you design. The Spider Characters Generation doesn't do that. One mm. thing though that I, I I think I specifically asked them about this in the interview was, um, or maybe after the interview would we as players get a chance to design our great ship to design the community and they didn't necessarily say that we would but um i'd like to hope i'd like to think we can because if it hasn't got a hammam on it uh it's going to have a hammam on our ship yeah
2: but <laughs> but if it doesn't have a hammam on it then as a gm you can say there is there is this other place you need to keep good with there are these relationships yeah. you need to maintain for that level of luxury yeah like, yeah, and and that's a, a you know that that's a hook that's greater than oh well you're gonna to have to smuggle yourself onto Coriolis or make two portal jumps and go to yeah. the
0: oh Yeah, but if we yeah. haven't got a hammam on our great ship, then where are the capybaras going to bathe?
1: That's my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 interesting because I think there's two things from Mutant Zero that that should should come through i think and i kind of got i thought i got the sense in the interview that that was the case one is the internal conflict and rivalry and stuff you can get within your own great ship so there will be elements of factions and there'll be different people there'll be rivalries and the other is the opportunity to maybe they didn't say this explicitly but yeah in in Year zero you you run projects to improve your arc so presumably in this there'll be something similar that'll allow you to Upgrade or improve or enlarge your ship. Um, yeah, and that's happened that in yeah, Verson yeah. as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. With the
0: headquarters. So I like to think it's a thing exactly. that they do in, in league games in general. So that would be good.
3: Walking also, Dead. The Walking Dead, the, it has yes. the same mechanic. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And Alien um, Colony stuff.
0: <laughs> so one of the things they said about factions in the Third Horizon is that there are too many of them. And i think the evidence of the campaign and of our play is that's probably true you know we 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 hardly touched the secrets of uh alarms temple for example dave even though that was kind of central well not at the first but then became central to your character yeah um and uh the draconites you know the mysterious draconites whose mystery well. was never uncovered except maybe they found a way to the lost horizon hmm um uh so so they said they were going to have fewer factions in this and those factions were going to have echoes or be part of uh have, have constituents who were part of the old factions they particularly mentioned one of them the uh coriolites being very much the uh the old grognards of the uh of the lost horizon we, always complaining about how good the third horizon was <laughs> so, <laughs> our spiritual home the good old days mm. um, so we don't know much about the factions what do you hope to see carried forward from third horizon factions into the new factions
2: i hope they're not all just one dimensional mm. like because mm. that's that's a, a route like that's been something like we've enjoyed when we've been playing like we might yeah. make a deal with Alarm's temple um, because they are doing, but actually they're pretty much as bad as the other ones when it comes to other things. We might, mm. you know, we might take a, 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 a mission with the Draconites, but they're all pretty um, donchy geezers at the end of it all, or there's too many secrets for us to understand what we're really doing here. And that kind of stuff. I hope they're mm. not just like, you know, we are the good science people, and we are the people who want old ways. You know, that sort of. We are the criminals. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, sort of yeah I agree. Yeah. What
0: I loved about the factions in the old book was they were all, every, well, just about almost everything. Contradicted itself. Just about everything they said. Also within what they, where they described it, there was a contradiction to what it said it was. So, you know, you had the um the reactionary old bastards, what they called the religious sect, Samaritans? Um, no,
1: the no, the, 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 the Zelosians, the Zelosians, yes, yeah. the, the Order of the Pariah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah the
0: order of the prior who, you know who who seemed to be the people that clamped down on knowledge and there is only one true way but actually had the big universities wherein they've been collecting and storing all the knowledge of the past um uh, and and yeah the only really evil gang were the obviously the zenithian hegemony um who were just space nazis mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. i don't think any of them had a redeeming factor did they no Hmm. we didn't no. we didn't
1: realize what we were joining when we joined them <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah that um, is their redeeming catcher. they paid well day
1: <laughs> well. yeah they were generous <laughs> generous payers yeah which was fine and they kept paying us for a while even though we weren't working for them anymore <clears throat> but i think possibly
0: sure. a, a good sign is that it feels to me like the coriolites who are obviously the goodies because they're the people most like us they may well be taking the role of the zenithian hegemony in the in this future version as well by being we we, we think our way is best every way should do everybody should do things our way and uh what's
2: that? But what's that thing? There's, there's two ways to do this the wrong way and our way yeah and my way <laughs> that that sounds like them like we're not doing
1: yeah. it yeah yeah
3: how long it? Like, uh, so how long have this have they said that um they left uh, the third horizon 200 years 200 or yeah. Or, uh, okay
0: yeah I That's got out of the talk. impression uh that it was only 70 years but I think it took 70 years to to make the
1: the journey the
0: flat space journey mm-hmm. and we're, we're joining some years after that I think so generations a couple of hundred years I got mm-hmm. the impression was what they were saying
1: yeah cool so what do you feel then what's your what's your sense about the kind of the new approach to the game where it's it's more sort of exploration and expeditions you know perhaps you know less horror maybe more more sort of mystery and less mystical hmm.
3: uh, i don't know the, the, how they will defer it from from uh, alien colony because what i understood that Reference of Deadwood meet, meeting the terror that you have an ex- expedition to discover new areas or new galaxies or new planets and then um, sa- uh, do um, build a settlement inside this planet. This is what I understood from the reference of Deadwood that they were building uh, um, a settlement or a city mm. or, or a town in this new discovered uninhabited uh, area. I don't yeah. know if my understanding is correct. No, I
1: think you are. They didn't deny the fact that you could create a colony for want of a better word. Um, but they didn't really go into it in great detail. I don't think I didn't see all of the league lounge thing. I just caught the last 20 minutes of it or so, but so there might've been stuff there that I didn't see, but, um, but it seems to give that impression that, you know, you explore, you have expeditions that go and do stuff and then you can set up places to stay. Uh, like I say, Deadwood. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because Deadwood implies lots of different people from lots of different places coming together and then competing over whatever it is, you know, that the town's been set up for, the mining rights or the alien farming rights or whatever. Um, whereas if your expedition is landing, it's a bit more Star tricky, isn't it? Where you might, you know your great ship has now set great ship colony number one going and we're going to mine what we need to make the ship better for example hmm yeah i don't know how to play out.
0: i'm kind of taking issue though with you saying it's less horror and more exploration because the terror well depending on what iteration of the terror we're talking about when they say the terror meets Edward but the tv show the terror was kind of they said
3: the, the Arctic exploration uh, from the turrets, they said that's yeah based on the Arctic exploration.
0: Mm. So I guess I guess a book, yeah, it depends on your, your kind of, of, of horror, doesn't
1: it? So there's yeah. the horror of, of being stranded somewhere cold and knowing you're gonna to freeze to death in three weeks. Uh, or there's the horror of something horrible an alien or evil coming out and trying to you know, coming out from the dark between but the stars I think to I, come and get you.
0: I think that was implicit in the definitely I'm so there's there's a history book or a popular history book called The Terror, which is about the actual expedition. But I think the TV show The Terror featured things like the Wendigo and stuff like that, which was did it? Okay, I never saw yeah. it. Yeah, um, no, I think we might have to see it before before the show begins. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's on blooming HBO, which means Sky in this country. Which um, I'm not condoning piracy. No, never, <laughs> right. never, or, encouraging, or
1: otherwise, yes,
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe we should find some way to see it. Um, yeah, so uh, uh but but I think were, that was kind but, of but, supernatural, yeah.
1: But I mean, as, as Mohammed was saying, they were talking about polar expeditions and wanting to yeah. get that, that was the kind of the inspiration. So I didn't get the sense that they were talking about wendigos and big feet and yeti and that kind of stuff but they they might have been i mean there's obviously a lot of gaps in what they were talking about
3: they said that um, when you go fetch an artifacts uh, it's they have the blight and you need to face the blight in order to get this this some sort of artifact that you need to um, for your uh, mothership or something mm. like that i didn't
1: get the whole uh, uh, um interview also yeah that rings a bell though yeah mm. the, the blight is something there that you're going to have to deal with if you want to get you know these fine artifacts
2: yeah I, it, it feels like like you know the way you were talking about dead wood and stuff like there is there is a an unobtainium style resource somewhere in this horizon the blight mm. is the ticker that sort of removes your access to it and then the other ships in the area all competing for this artifact, the unobtainium. Yeah. Mm. So whether whether these ships, I mean, they must be beyond portal jumps, or whether they can create, the, whether there's this substance, these artifacts that indeed help function, and the the, the, the Lost Horizon is, you know, somewhere that doesn't have these elements, uh, you know, that, that rarity, yeah. that sounds, coming at it from that angle, that would give you the Deadwood style. Everybody wants to be on here to get this, to mine this, to, to acquire this thing, to keep their ships flying. And also have. Yeah, it's
1: interesting because that I, I get that competition and that sounds quite cool, although you could, you could argue, you know, with, with great ships that are flying faster than light, but they're not flying through portals. So travel to another planet takes you know, months or years, you know, the the race for two or three great ships to go and find somewhere would be a long and slow race. Now, that might be quite fun to play a couple of scenarios mm. doing it, but still it would be a long and slow race. It doesn't feel to me like it's going to set up a town like Deadwood. It feels to me you'd get, you know, oh. setting up your own individual operations to extract that resource or get that um, get that artifact. So it still doesn't really feel, doesn't, yeah. Yeah. doesn't make me feel dead. Already. Yeah, I guess
2: it's a bit like um, I've been watching For All Mankind on Apple TV. Um, mm-hmm. and there's that, that season where they're on Mars all trying to find water. There's that sort of stuff. So, you know, the conflicts and interpersonal and the, mm. the different factions trying to work together and hide it from others, and then everybody has to rescue each other style conflicts <laughs> going on. Um,
0: yeah. And we're we're presupposing that that is planet side, but maybe that is a sort of faction argument that's going on even on the great ships. Yeah, that 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 yep. Deadwood isn't actually a, a new colony yep. on a planet. It's it's simply surviving on on the great ship itself. Um, I mean, yeah. which I'm yeah, I'm kind of excited by, but I, I need to know more. Yeah,
2: it's definitely a thing where it's like there's there's just been enough information here to make
0: everybody. And interested. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, three league. Um, <laughs> have we exhausted our conversation? Have we talked about everything we want to, that,
1: that we can remember? I, think I was going to say, oh, sorry, go on, go on, Millie. I think I
2: think I, w- I wonder about the, the mechanics because there's, what, two dice pools that you're going to have? Mm-hmm. We're not going to be, we're not going to have prayer as a mechanic, but there will be, what was it, hope?
1: Hope. hope instead yeah.
2: of hope. darkness points yeah and but hope will be in some way a resource because the less of it you've got the worse things that happen
0: or something i remember this kind of that seemed to be the thing and also that the the group have got to generate hope together uh, hope, so, uh a thing that i saw sort of picked up uh, sorry what was that mohammed
1: momentum <clears throat> <laughs>
3: you're building a whole pool you mean right? like a some sort of hope pool. I'm not sure
0: I, I wasn't quite sure but they did mention that the the fact that the you know the group has got to work together to um to build hope uh yeah I think so they're definitely making it's a, there, a difference
1: between this and alien where they were emphasizing the fact that the, the, the groups need to cooperate better yeah and it's less of a pvp thing that alien is potentially
2: yeah because I think that in a way is gonna set it apart from you know, just in the in the way like people ask like why is how is alien different than the third horizon and you're like, well for darkness points mm. and the, the prayer and the push and that kind of stuff is very important. Um there are, there's weird shit in between the portals and that spills out. Uh, yeah. alien is just every man for himself and where's the dollars? Oh I don't know, but you've got no face left.
0: Um uh, so, so what? okay, i'm gonna I'm gonna rant about one of the things I'm pleased to see disappear out of the third horizon, and that is the really disappointing weird shit between portals.
1: <laughs> You're pleased that that's gone.
0: well, so so the narrative of the game is that being awake in a portal fucks you, air sorry. It screws you up uh, in in a terrible way and yeah and you see people that are you know physically deformed by it but the mechanics of it okay Uh, there's a chance of weak tea aren't they yeah yeah the mechanics are a bit weak Mm tea um and i think you know what our by necessity bottle episode we did in in our first campaign dave was yeah was better than anything that they've described actually in in the portals and i'm kind of if they can't fix that then it I'm pleased it's gone similarly actually prayer I mean I love prayer you know I love prayer <laughs> but prayer plus darkness points was a bit clunky mm-hmm. we've said that frequently on the show but- I would love to have fixed it and retained prayer but I couldn't think of a way to do it and if they've spent seven years <laughs> not being able to work out a way to do it maybe hope is going to be better <sighs>
1: mm, uh. I I like darkness points. I I, exactly. I accept and 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 like welcome their weaknesses, but I like darkness points. And but you don't even use them, Dave. It's well, I use too many of them, um, <laughs> or I generate. Too you don't many use of them. them to <laughs> fuel supernatural creatures.
0: You don't you don't spend them according no, but, to the way. The no, way but as as
1: display. a GM, I do use them to influence scenes, and I do use them to do weird shit. Um and well that's where the I think that's where the real joy of darkness points comes. You need a GM who's happy to be a bit imaginative and, and pick a moment and just narratively play a darkness point that really makes that scene even more, you know, powerful. Now that's hard to do, you know, and like I you know, in my I've I've GM'd a lot of Coriolis and I can probably only think of a a slack handful of times, or I've had situations where I've thought that was a really good use for darkness point. I thought that was cool. But side, what about you and darkness I, points I, I love darkness points, and I'm sad to see them go.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm self-confessed, I, like I am naff with darkness points. I will I will admit it. Um, I because because in our campaign now, I've got two mystics now, so we are generating them quite quickly. <laughs> um, which then is just mm. like, I understand why I've got to use them, and in the greater you know point of the story I understand why they happen. But I am like, um, oh, I was talking with somebody who, um, they're just starting Mercy the Icons Emissary Lost, um, and in there there is a thing where it's like, and if they're crawling up this tunnel, Spend three Darkness points to have explosive decompression. Mm. <laughs> and, and he was just like... Spend three darkness points to TPK.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was like, "Well, yeah. no, yeah. yes. because they're going to yeah. roll, and you know, the the odds are that they'll get extra successes, which you can say this, and they might have this talent." He's like, "But spend three darkness points to TPK." I was like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah." I okay. I, I will add an addendum to my comment a moment ago, which is that. Rules as written for darkness points doesn't work terribly well, but as a GM, <laughs> I love the idea of darkness points, and I can make it work.
0: You see, I think that's yeah, the...
1: and I think I think we've learned uh, how to make it work.
2: But that's what okay. I was. That's that's why I was a bit like uh, when the dark, um, the the great dark came up, because I was like, if it, this is Coriolis third edition for the third horizon, that's gonna be. Like they must have reworked that they must have and that and that's an element of like yeah
1: oh,
0: oh
1: no. yeah, an element of excitement to see how they re- reworked it and then they reworked it by dropping it yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> could we though take take the rules of the great dark and play with them in the third horizon as though the great dark was a pure second or third however you count edition. Probably. Yeah, there's nothing stopping us. Is there's there?
2: already folks who are desperate to try and make the alien system work in Coriolis. Um, mm. um, I think it's mm. been talked about even on the, the Effect Discord. Like, I've looked at taking Darkness Points out, and it boils down to why don't you just rewrite the system and play something else? Um. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that I love about Darkness Points is that it makes you pray, it makes prayer and You know, um, preparatory prayer makes the The icons icons. a real thing. Preparatory
0: prayer prayer is,
1: yeah, we can't lose that. The icons are. I will. I will because you pray. Because you pray and something good happens, you know. So it's it works. The existence of the icons is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there are moments like
0: that time when you sat down to pray in the pray in the dirt, but before the cannibals came to catch you and Tony's character and you prayed, you blessed your weapon, you gave it to Tony. He of course had prayed and then he stabbed the blooming woman in the eye (laughs) with a fabulous roll.
1: That was a great moment. Yeah, that was. It worked we had a combat that we planned and it worked as planned, exactly. But the only time ever, I think. That's because you Uh, Uh, prayed. yeah, because of
0: prayer, because of prayer, because of the extra dice you got for the preparatory prayer. It was
1: brilliant. How about um, you, Mohammed?
3: What's your what's your feeling uh, on Darkness Points? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, as a player, because I never GM'd Coriolis, I hope I'm hoping to GM it uh, maybe in two months sure. to my uh, weekly group. I will just pit, um, pitch them the idea if they interest. Maybe we will we'll go the with the whole campaign. But as a player, yeah, maybe uh, I know there is consequences for my prayer. I, I'm no okay. I will succeed in this role, but some something will bite me in the end yeah. Uh, that yeah, yeah that. Um, I, I i love that i do, uh, i love that um, i don't know i don't know that when the danger will happen mm. when the consequences of my my prayers angered some something else other than the icon that i prayed for M- made another icon jealous for praying for this mm-hmm. particular icon the, the the darkness between the stars are getting their revenge so, uh, like you said, it's 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 more work for for the GM. The GM has to be more imaginative mm. to use this darkness point uh, to, uh, to use it. So, I'm I was blessed to have Matthew with me and watching also Millie uh, using uh, during during her stream. Her stream. So, yeah, I'm learning a lot uh, for my uh, when I GM it.
1: Hopefully,
0: yeah, I think I, that's, like... I think that is the sorry, Dave.
1: No, go on, go on, Matt.
0: I was going to say I think that's the problem of prayer and darkness points is we can all we've all made it work in our own ways but somebody coming new into the game is actually going to struggle with the rules as written mm-hmm. and maybe that's why it although i love my darkness points mm. they 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 shouldn't survive unless they can make them work to a new gm uh playing the game for the first time
1: so there's something that mohammed said there that i thought was a fabulous fabulous idea And maybe there's something in that, that you could do some additional rules about how you manage and use darkness points. And it was the idea of the icons being jealous, you know, Mm. why not have, you know, the icons are just one big blob of icons. Okay. You've got different, you know, you get different skills. If you prepare, if you do your, you know, go to the the chapel and pray to one over the other, but actually the icons don't do anything. There's no, you know, they, they grant your prayer by allowing you to reroll. Um, but maybe, you know, are there effects that happen because those icons are all competing and envious of one another. Um, and that comes down in a, in a, in a mechanism for using darkness points. Hmm, I'll have to have a think. Yeah. I love exactly the idea. Just... I love the idea of jealous icons or icons jealous yeah. of each other. Mm. I think that's really yeah. That, that's the good, great... so yeah, that's you know, great you've prayed to the judge,
0: character. but the lady of tears is going to want to get her revenge
1: right life. pissed off at you. <laughs> yeah
0: right although one of the other unique the thing I one of the lovely things about prayer that I loved is that in most of the other games when you push you know the consequences are going to come back on you Mm. but what I loved about Coriolis is when I push the consequences are going to come back on all of us (laughs) maybe not even me maybe they're going to come back on you I mean
2: that sounds that sounds like the flip of what they've done like when you you put it like that like the the, yeah. the darkness comes back on us all. But 200 years in the future, we've learned we need to build hope together to stop. So that yeah, there, there is a, yeah, there we go.
0: You've written the bloody narrative there, Millie. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the way to handle it.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Okay, but that yeah, that's that's a thing. I'm like I'm I'm definitely interested in this. And they the, the were specifically talking about two different dice pools, if I remember rightly. There's that like.
0: Yeah, Rob. so gear dice it, it and the other dice, d- and yeah. eroding
2: your kit comes from gear dice. Mm. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Land
1: style
2: oh, crap I've
1: rolled it's, a it's one. Yeah, it's for, yeah, Forbidden Lands and um, Mutant Year Zero style, but with two dice pauses instead of three, mm-hmm. because in those you yeah, have, which is
0: interesting. Therefore, yeah. do you not erode yourself physically? So with Forbidden Lands and with uh, Mutant Year Zero, you've got effectively three colours of dice. Yeah. only your skills dice can be pushed without an effect your stats dice could damage you mm-hmm. and your gear dice could damage your gear on, on a push so i'm interested to see how they play that although mm-hmm. i understand i've not read electric state yet but i understand that that does away with stats and abilities and you only have abilities in electric state
2: oh i don't know i've got the oh, i've I got the alpha somewhere it. i haven't read it is it the alpha or the, the Yeah,
0: sample? well, we should maybe. it oh,
2: <laughs> homework, homework. Go read a
0: little of there You don't have to. Oh no,
2: it's Dave maybe who has we to should do homework. I- My bad. Dave always has the
3: homework. <laughs> uh, something also that um, I'm thinking about: how they will um deal with exploration. Does anybody have a role for the exploration, like the, we did in the in the ship combat, for example, the gunner, the the pilot, the sensor but they will have um, mm. several uh, like the explorer the the mm. um, uh, similar to the journey rule in uh, in the wandering yeah
0: they they exploring. talked about it as an entity in its own right they kept referring to it as the delve so maybe there is something like that where everybody has a job to do in the delve mm-hmm. to make it all work um like the
2: like with the scalloping roles in, in forbidden ones and stuff yeah Mm. Interesting. So, I don't know, a nice big mm. hex map of a sector. It sounds fun. I get to draw a bit. And a very oh, traveler, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's not go there. Then we'll get Andy all excited.
2: <laughs> <laughs> of course, these are weird planets that won't conform to astronomical standards.
1: <laughs> no, there is that, yeah.
2: <laughs> Just get that straight in there yeah. before anybody gets too <laughs> Weird planets. But yeah there's, there's definitely a bunch yeah. of mechanics that you know um, i'm interested in that i don't think have been touched on enough which a lot of the conversation has just been like the, the change in setting and the, the things that yeah. have moved on and it's like but when you play with the the zero engines it's it's normally those tweaks that give you the heart of the game like when i saw the yeah. the stress mechanic for alien i was like oh man that's perfect that's <laughs> yeah. exactly the film yeah. and then when you you know you have the yeah. the um, versatility and you take the conditions and like yeah that that fits with being
1: yeah it know, works yeah
2: and that sort of stuff
0: so works so well so so we have 3 weeks before we get a glimpse at the mechanics mm. because that quick start will come out with with I believe the uh the Kickstarter quick start,
3: uh yeah they, oh. have the, they said they have a mm. quick, start, quick start adventure with the pre-made uh, characters also yeah
1: cool
0: maybe we should do a book club on that quick start adventure when it comes out or the mechanics bit of it mm. without wanting to spoil the adventure
1: definitely that's good yeah out. absolutely
0: Shall we make that a date sure. for three or four weeks' time, a couple of episodes away?
1: Yes, sure. Ah, sold cool. to, the, uh, <laughs> to the to the to whoever to us.
2: Sold to the to the four people in the hammam. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Well, I guess we're out of time now. I didn't want to keep anybody uh, beyond eight o'clock, and it's already a minute past. Shocking. So, thank you very much for joining us in the hammam, uh, Milik yes. Mohammed thank you so and, much and dave of course uh, <laughs> um
3: yeah it was my privilege thank you
0: mm. well we'll invite you back into the mam in about four weeks time shall we yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> yeah
3: you, you'll give me homework then okay, okay. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> okay. with homework yeah, you will have to have looked at the quick start and formed some opinions <laughs> so uh yes brilliant thank you very much guys really appreciate it great 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 conversation yeah okay,
0: well, there's not much more to say about that. We've said pretty much in that discussion everything we can say about something that we actually know very little about.
1: <laughs> yes. The, the one thing we did neglect, though, we didn't get Mohammed and Millie to say, may the icons may. bless your adventures oh. to sign off the show. You so that means job. we've just you got to carry job, on
0: mis- speaking on this episode forever until somebody comes <laughs> and says...
1: Maybe I can bless <laughs> Is that what you mean? Something like that, I guess, ish. Also, um, I take
0: issue with the fact that it was my job, Dave.
1: <laughs> well, if it's not your job, then whose job is it? Well, it could be your job. We're <laughs> a partnership. <laughs> uh, well, we're a partnership now, are we? It doesn't feel like it most of the time.
0: Uh, but, always when, when a partnership. but when you've
1: screwed up, it's a partnership and it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes, we. One of us could have remembered, but neither of us did. Neither but of no, That was us did. great. It was a real pleasure having um, Millie and Mohammed on. And yeah. um, as we said in the in the panel, we'll get them back on again in a few weeks' time to talk about it when we um, when the Kickstarter's up and running, and we see a bit more. Yeah, we really yeah. looking forward to that very much indeed. Okay, well, so next time,
0: Given... yeah. Now here's, here's a thing. Next time you're going to we are going to have a little blast of third horizon uh, so this will be three list episodes in a row effectively if you get out of this episode um, so what have you got planned for to to keep the torches of the third horizon um, <laughs> burning
1: burning strongly well the 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 idea came to me at the end of the uh, end of the panel there uh, and the idea of how we can improve darkness points and maybe, maybe the icons aren't as unified as we might think. Maybe the icons are jealous and are jealous of one another. And um, praying to one and not praying to another might be a might be a dangerous yeah. thing to do. If you if you if you tweak the nose of the wrong if- icon.
0: If you overuse your judge and your dancer prayer, and you don't give a look into the faces, one you mean, exactly, loving it, loving
1: exactly. It. So uh, I don't quite know how this will turn out because obviously many people have looked at darkness points and they're quite hard to fix if you don't like how yeah. they work in rules as written. But we'll see what happens. It'll be a fun journey that we can all go together and um, and see and see yeah and see what see what comes out at the other end. So cool. Dave re- is
0: going to attempt the impossible and fix darkness points. Uh, we need
1: a we need a drum roll. It's like I feel I feel like Harry Harry Houdini. Dave is gonna yes. Dave is gonna sit in a sealed box full of water for the next two weeks and how are you gonna
0: dive from a high diving board into a small barrel entirely into- filled with darkness points? <laughs>
1: Uh, anyway, anyway, I think that's probably enough for one day. So uh, yeah, we so- have
0: though realized that we have a problem, don't we, Dave? That for years well, we have ended our oh, shows yes. w- with a catchphrase, and and now maybe that catchphrase is going to be less relevant. Come maybe come the yeah, great may- dark,
1: maybe the icons won't be blessing any adventures in the lost horizon. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to have a think about what our new sign-off line should be. Oh, if, the, you, that is, you. we want to change it at to all. Maybe we should be dyed in the world coriolites or coriolisters yeah. or whatever it was I tried to call them. No, coriolites, <laughs> you,
0: you manage very well. And, oh, now the interesting thing about that bonus episode that I put out is that's coming with a transcript. So if you have difficulty understanding... Our words, which frankly, both both Dave and I have a difficulty understanding our words sometimes. And uh, this has now got an AI generated transcript, which I was quite impressed because as you were stumbling over the word Coriolite in in that bonus episode, it it managed to get every single stumble and still (laughs) make sense. I was very impressed by
1: it. It does remind me of a, um, was it a Coriolis YouTube panel you went on a few years ago Um, with... I can't I think it was Matt Kay on it and a couple of others. I can't remember now. Uh, but the um the the, the closed caption uh, oh. translation yes. thing. YouTube basically fast. Basically, yeah, w- was not as good. And at one point it, <laughs> it it translated something that you'd said into deuce cunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have still got the picture of that, I kept it. <laughs> so apologies for the language, anyone. Um, we'll, we'll beat that out, maybe. Deuce beeps. But I just thought, okay, that's an interesting... How did it ever think that that was a viable kind of translation of whatever it was you were saying? (laughs) Anyway, anyway, right. Family show, Dave, family show. Family (laughs) show, yes. Sorry about that. It's goodbye Uh, from me, Dave. Yeah, and it's, it's goodbye from him. And may the icons bless your adventures, at least for now. You have been listening to The Effect podcast, presented by Fiction Suit and the RPG Gods. Music stars on a black sea, used with permission of Free League Publishing.